Well, friends, today we reach the final sermon in our series, Marching from Earth to Eternity. Excited today to preach on the doctrine of heaven. If you have your Bibles, open with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 14. We're going to read verses 1 through 6. Hear now the written word of the living God. The Lord Jesus is speaking when he says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Friends, pray with me, please. Lord, we come now specifically asking your blessing upon the preaching of your word. I pray that you would fill me with your spirit, that I might preach in a manner pleasing unto thee. And Lord, for our hearers at their homes today, wherever they might be, I pray that you would remove every distraction uh, from their homes, that they might now focus upon your word and the preaching of it. Work in our hearts, Father, for those who don't know Thee. We pray that You would bring them to faith in Jesus. But for specifically for believers today, I pray that they would be encouraged and challenged by Your Word. That we would be reminded of the blessings that You have in store for us, indeed, in heaven. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, what a joy it is today to preach on the doctrine of of heaven. But we're not only going to talk just about heaven today, but the Christian's road to heaven. You know, last week in our sermon on hell, I started off by quoting Dr. John Gerstner when he said this about hell. He said, you can't exaggerate hell. And by that, he meant that you can't overemphasize, you can't overstate the hellishness of hell. Well, let me start today with another quote from Dr. Gerstner, one that balances last week's quote. Dr. Gerstner says, If you can't exaggerate the torments of an angry God in hell, you can't exaggerate the blessedness of a reconciling God in heaven. And friends, what the Bible teaches believers today is that in heaven, The best is yet to come. Now, friends, over the years, there have been many people in the Christian community, even some pastors who have tried to convince us that your best life is now. Books have been written. Lectures have been given on this subject. But, friends, I want you to know that is not what the Bible says. Certainly, the Bible does teach us that if we're Christians, that is, if we've trusted Christ as Savior, if we're following hard after Him as Lord, we have a very, very good 
and wonderful life. There's no doubt about that. In fact, I'm going to talk more about that in just a moment. But friend, I want you to know that the Bible says when you die, you go from a good life to a better life. Think about that. When we die, the Bible says we go from good to better. But that's not all. The Bible says when Jesus comes back, that even those who have died and are now with the Lord, their lives are going to go from better to best. That that is the path that God has for believers. As Dr. Gerstner clarified it, he said it this way. The Christian life is a life of good, better, and best. And friends, that is the outline of our sermon today. And I pray today that just like the lives of Christians go from good, better, and best, we, through this sermon, will build this sermon towards the great climax of history. That is the marriage supper of the Lamb in heaven. For I'm telling you, friends, the Bible says the best is yet to come. But today, let's look specifically at the Christian's road to heaven. That is the good, better, and best. Let's start by looking at the good. Friends, as we mentioned a moment ago, the Bible teaches us that right now, Christians have a very, very good life. In fact, our Lord Jesus Christ in John chapter 10, verse 30, declared that we have an abundant life in Christ Jesus. So let's just take a moment. Let's talk about what are some of the good benefits that you and I have as believers right now in this abundant life. Well, friends, we first of all have God's justification. Right now, you and I have been declared righteous by God. Our sins have been imputed to Jesus. His righteousness has been imputed to us. And the penalty of sin is gone forever. Friends, that's a good thing. We also have God's adoption. That means he has taken us and engrafted us into his family. He's put his spirit in our hearts, a spirit that cries out, Abba, Father, and we have his love and care. That's a good thing. We also have God's sanctification, that he is walking with us through life each and every day, conforming us to the image of Christ. Friends, that is a good and wonderful thing. The Bible says, even in a spiritual sense, Colossians says that we're already raised with Christ. Ephesians says that we're already seated with Christ in the heavenly realms. That is a good thing. Right now, friends, we have God's Word. We can hear from God through His Word. We can speak back to God through our prayers. Friends, all of these things are good, good things. But friends, even though the blessings that we have right now in Christ are good, the Bible says that on this side of glory, we still struggle with so many things. It was Professor John Murray who once said, even though sin no longer reigns in the life of believers, 
sin still remains. Here's what I mean by that. Even though we are living this good, abundant life right now, we still fight against the world, the flesh, and the devil every single day. And sometimes, I don't know about you, I can say along with the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 7, I do not understand my own actions, for I do not do what I want, but I do the very thing I hate. Oh, wretched man that I am! And friends, we as Christians still live in a fallen world. Every day we deal with anxiety and grief and hunger. Every day we deal with pain and persecution and hunger. And right now, we're dealing with sickness, diseases, and even death. You know, it's the book of Corinthians that describes our bodies like tents. And we know that tents will collapse. It describes our, our bodies as vessels of clay. But these vessels, we know, are going to crack and, and break. And friends, this virus, this COVID-19 that we're going through right now, it's a constant reminder of our earthly existence. And in response to this virus, you and I as Christians, we cry out and declare, this earth is not our home. And we say along with the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, when he says, but our citizenship is where? In heaven. And from it we await a Savior the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, friends, right now we have a very good life. But as the Bible teaches us next, we know that one day our lives will go from good to better. So let's now zoom in on the second point of our sermon, the better life. You know, going from good to better is something that we all strive to do in pretty much in every part of life. You know, you might start out in life with a good job, but one day you want to go to a better job. People do that all the time. Maybe you have a good car, but you get to the point in life where you want a better car. You know, a lot of times when we start out uh, as young couples being married, we're, we're in a good home, a, a home that fits two people, but maybe you have uh, several kids and your house gets full, so you need a better house. We make those kind of decisions all the time, going from good to better. Well, I want to invite you to review the text that we read a moment ago. This is the text from Philippians chapter 1, because in this text, Paul was having the same conversation about moving from good to better. We have the text on the screen. Let's reread it. And I want you to look for the word better in this text. The Bible says, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which shall I choose? I cannot tell. I am hard pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. 
Friends, the Apostle Paul is agreeing that right now we have a very good life. In fact, he says it this way, for me to live is Christ. And that was wonderful for Paul. He served God with every fiber of his being. It was a good and wonderful thing. In fact, in verse 22, he says that living on the earth is so good that it is fruitful labor, not only for him, but for the Philippian church. But look at verse 23 of the text. In verse 23, you see a struggle. Paul says, I am hard pressed between living and dying. Because Paul knows something about dying. He knows that dying will move him from a good life to a better life. In fact, in verse 24 or 21, rather, he says that dying is gain. But look at verse 23. The last two words of Philippians 1:23. When he talks about dying, he says, "For that is far better, far." better. And what he's telling us is that for Christians, dying is better than our good life here on earth. And it's not just a little bit better. It's far better. That's the word that Paul uses in this text. Friend, doesn't that get you excited? Doesn't that make you want to praise the Lord? You see, you see what was happening here. God is not moving us from good to bad, God is moving the believer from good to better. Well, you might say to me, Pastor Adam, what exactly is better when we die? Well, friends, let's talk about that. And in order to do that, I want to use the Westminster Shorter Catechism, question number 37. Now, the catechism is simply just a a series of questions and answers that help us learn the Christian faith. And I pray that this is very useful to you and your family today. But this is question 37, and it asks, What benefits do believers receive from Christ at death? And the answer, the souls of believers are at their death made perfect in holiness, and do immediately pass into glory. And their bodies, being still united to Christ, do rest in their graves till the resurrection. Friends, we are beginning to understand what the psalmist meant in Psalm 116, verse 15, when he said these words, Precious in the sight of our Lord, is the death of his saints. Because I want you to know, friends, that when we die, as the catechism helps us here, when we die, we're going to be made perfect in holiness. Hebrews 12, 23 teaches us that just, that just men will indeed be made perfect. That means our lives are going to be freed from the stain and the pollution of sin, that you're not going to have to battle the world and the flesh and the devil anymore. Friends, I want you to know this is far better. In fact, our souls will be perfectly conformed into the image of Christ. You know, Romans says this was the whole goal anyway, to be conformed to the image of God's Son, and that will happen at death. Friends, that is far better far 
better. But not only that, but the Bible says that at death, you and I will immediately pass into glory. And it will be a glorious place. As Jesus said in John, we're going to go to our Father's house. And Jesus has prepared a place for you and for me. He's prepared for you an eternal home. You know, just this past week, maybe you've done the same thing. Um, there's been beautiful weather the past few days. So Deirdre and I have been out um, walking through our neighborhood. And we have seen more people outside than, than we have in a long time. And, and people are out fixing up their, their yards and their homes. It's beautiful outside. And it was a reminder today that there's constant maintenance that's needed on our earthly homes, um, in our homes, outside of our homes, in our, in our yards. Uh, there, there's that need for, for maintenance. Friends, this is talking about a home that needs no maintenance. This is a perfect, glorious new home that will always stay new because Christ makes all things new. It's a home that needs mo no maintenance. This is far better. We're also going to be in a glorious company. The Bible says we're going to be in the presence of his angels. We're going to be in the presence of the saints who have gone on before us, your loved ones who have died in Christ. You're going to get to see them be reunited with them. But most importantly, you and I are going to be in the presence of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 8 says, To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Friends, this is far better. But we'll also be in the glorious state of rest that God has given His people. Revelation chapter 14, verse 13 says, And I heard a voice from heaven saying, Write this, Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Blessed indeed, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, for their deeds follow them. Friends, this is far better. But I want you to know, the good news doesn't stop here. Yes, the Lord has brought us from good to better. But the Bible says, it's not over, that we will go from a state of better to best. For you see, the souls even right now that are in a better place, they are with the Lord, their souls are with the Lord, and indeed it is far better than here. The Bible says that those people's bodies, they are still here on earth in the grave. And they're waiting on something. They're waiting on the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. For when Christ comes back the second time, the Bible says that it will go from better to best. So let's look at that third point now. The best. Once again, to help us walk through this portion of the sermon we're going to use another question from the catechism we just learned question 37 now it's question 38 it asks what benefits do believers receive from christ at the resurrection 
at the resurrection, believers being raised up in glory shall be openly acknowledged and acquitted in the day of judgment and made perfectly blessed in the full enjoying of God to all eternity. Friends, two weeks ago, our brother Daryl from this pulpit preached on the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he talked about the fact that our physical bodies will reunite with our souls when Jesus comes back. And our bodies are going to be transformed into an immortal body, into an incorruptible body, a body that is fit for eternity in heaven. And friends, I want you to think about what's going to happen next. It's judgment day. We will all stand before King Jesus and be judged. But friend, I've got some encouraging news for you out there who are listening, who are believers, who are Christians, those who have trusted Jesus for salvation. Did you know that Judgment Day will be the best day ever for a believer? Think about that. Have you ever thought about it that way? For the believer, Judgment Day will be the best day you've ever had. Now, let me say, for the unbeliever, it will be the worst day that that person has ever had. We talked about that in detail last week. But for the believer, on Judgment Day, the Bible says that is the day when the Good Shepherd will openly acknowledge that you are His sheep. That is the day that your advocate... Our Lord Jesus Christ will acquit you from all of your sins before a holy God. That is the day the Savior will take you by the hand and invite you to come and join into the inheritance that He has prepared for you. And friend, you will get to enjoy the full blessings of God for all eternity. I want to tell you something, friend. That is best that is best this is heaven so let's now talk further about what revelation says about the place of heaven you know we read revelation 21 as part of the supplemental text for today's sermon and in that sermon we we saw the golden thread of all of god's promises uh, in the bible you know in the old testament God started out by saying years and years ago, I will be your God, you will be my people. And that promise was repeated over and over and over again all through the scriptures. And we get to Revelation 21, we get to the heavenly scene. And this is what God says in Revelation chapter 21, verse 3. He says, behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them and they will be his people. And God himself will will be with them as their God. Friends, this promise comes true in its fulfillment. This is best. Revelation chapter 22 even says that we'll be able to see the face of God. You know, when you love someone, you long to see their face. You know, this virus we've been suffering through over the past few weeks, it's caused us to stay at home, right? We can't travel. And I'm sure that's caused you to to not be able to see people you love like you used to. And because you can't go and, and see the ones that you love, 
I'd say that you've used some type of technology in the past week to see their face. Maybe you've used FaceTime or Google Hangouts or, or Zoom, whatever it might be, but you use that technology. Why? Because you wanted to see their face. In the book of Exodus, God says that man can't see the face of God and live because man is a sinner. But what Christ has done to man, Christ died for man's sin, imputed to man his righteousness, and when he brought him up into heaven, Christ has so purified the heart of man that he has enabled man to be able to look into the face of God and live. And friends, this is best, delighting to see the face of God in glory. That's what God has in store for believers. But friends, the Bible's not done. Not only does it tell us about what is in heaven, it tells us what is not in heaven. And here is where we're, we're, we're so encouraged, even at a time like this. Listen, here are things that are not in heaven. Heaven is a place where our new bodies will not experience any kind of mourning, of crying, of pain. We will not experience death. Think about that. There's going to be no more cancer. There's no more surgeries. There's no more COVID-19 viruses. In heaven, there's no more back pain or, or leg pain. There's no more need to wear glasses or have your shoulders replaced. There's no more anxiety or worry or mental illness. There's no more sleepless nights. In heaven, friends, there's no need for hospitals, for hospice services. There's no need for morgues. There's no need to write obituaries. There's no need to meet with the funeral home director. There's no need to go to the seminary. In fact, you won't even have to buy Kleenexes anymore because you heard what the text said. Jesus himself will wipe away every tear from our eyes. Do you see the compassion, the, the statement by our God who sits on the throne? And I want to tell you, folks, it's not Adam who's declaring these things. Revelation 21 says that the one who sits on the throne, Jesus Christ, he's the one declaring these things. Because the Bible says, Jesus says, I am making all things new. This. But friends, I'm not finished because the Bible's not finished. Other things not in heaven. Friends, there's no temple in heaven. Why would that be? The temple teaches us about the presence of God, doesn't it? We don't need a temple in heaven because God is fully there. That is best. We don't need a sun or a moon because the glory of, of God gives it light and its lamp is the lamb. This is best. And friend, you and I can now see a glimpse of what Paul meant when he wrote these words in Romans 8, 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing to the glory that is to be revealed to us. Heaven is best. 
Well, friends, as we conclude today, I want us all to realize that this good, better, best life, it's only for the believer, for the Christian. It's for the one who knows Jesus as Savior and Lord. Because the last verse of Revelation 21, we read it a moment ago, it says, nothing unclean will ever enter it, which is heaven. But only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life. What that means, friends, is that for the unbeliever, life here on this earth is only the best that you will ever, ever have. For the unbeliever, the worst is yet to come. Hell is waiting on you, and you can't exaggerate the hellishness of hell. And friend, if that is you today, if you don't know the Lord, it doesn't have to stay that way. I want you to hear the last verse from John 14, the, the, or the passage that we read today, verse 6. Jesus says to you, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except through me. So if you're on your way to hell right now, it doesn't have to stay that way. There's a way out. That way is Jesus Christ. Trust Him by grace through faith. But if you're a believer, if you're a Christian, and you're listening to the sound of my voice right now, I hope and I pray that you are encouraged by the passages of Scripture we read today, that you're encouraged by this sermon. Because yes, right now, your life is good. And when you die, it's going to get better. But there's something best that's waiting on you at the second coming of Christ. Friends, this is your eternal hope. So I want to encourage all of you as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, keep fighting the good fight. Finish the course. Keep the faith. For right now, we see in a mirror dimly, but in heaven, we'll see Jesus face to face. Right now, we know in part, but in heaven, we will know fully. And let us consider that the sufferings of this present time, they are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed in us. Amen. And come, Lord Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, these last four weeks, we have been marching from earth to eternity. And particularly these last two weeks, we've considered the only two eternal destinations that you say exist, which are, which are hell and heaven. And I pray, God, at a time where all of our distractions have been taken away, our sports, our restaurants, for many of us, our work, that we would sit and ponder that which lasts, not for a moment, but for eternity. And Lord, I pray that you would do a work on anyone hearing the sound of my voice, even right now, that we would all examine our hearts before you. We remember from last week, there was a group of people who thought they were going to heaven, but Lord Jesus, you said that you didn't know them. Lord, may we examine that. 
But I pray, God, for the believer who's listening today, that they would be encouraged that the best is yet to come, that death does not have to be feared, but you can look to it as gain, as the Apostle Paul says, as far better. And Lord, we all, we all await the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ when you will raise our bodies to be joined with our souls, where you will give us an eternal body fit for heaven and bestow upon us the blessings of eternity. We thank you for that. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.